Welcome to the Dauntless Grace Exchange. I'm Deidre. And I'm Megan. And welcome back to our annual recap of last year's Word of the Year and our new Word of the Year for this coming year. It's the episode where Deidre will talk about a focal point in terms of ballet moves. And <laughs> anyway, happy Christmas. How was your holiday? It was good. Uh, it was a different kind of year. Uh, we had a really good actual Christmas day. Uh, it was just kind of long. We spent a couple hours together as a family opening and doing brunch, which turned more into lunch. And then um, went to my mom's for like, I, don't, I think we were there over seven hours. So it was kind of a long day, but it was a lot of fun, lots of laughter and just enjoying each other. Probably too much good food. Um, we just, I just didn't have a ton of time before and after Christmas like I normally do when I like worked for a school and we had those extended vacation times. So today I'm feeling like I just need a down day, a no bones day, as our friend would say on Instagram. <laughs> well, the no bones dog has ceased to exist. So that's sad. The sweet little pug. What was his name? Something the pug. Uh, anyway, he was really sweet. He did pass away. But the, the owner has a new one now. He waited like a year out of reverence, I think, and got a new dog. It's a new pug. Oh, but it's probably still, it probably has its bones every day. Yeah, it's still a puppy, I think. <laughs> That's hilarious. If you want to know who we're talking about, you'll have to look up the No Bones Day dog on like YouTube or Instagram. It's, it's adorable. Yeah. Well, I, this is the week of the year where nobody knows what day it is. Most people aren't working except you. And, you know, we have, it's just this like liminal space between times where nothing matters, it seems like. Okay, that's how I feel. But I'm also supposed to be walking around Universal Studios today. And I am at home in Illinois with like wet snow on the ground and a dry hacking cough in my chest because uh, a little sick girl waking up on Christmas morning canceled our Disney plans for the week, which ended up being okay we're gonna go over spring break we didn't lose any money and it's gonna be a better experience for us overall so yeah that's just how I feel about this week though it's just not what I expected but it's okay which is kind of how the year went <laughs> I don't think the whole year went like that you posted your well, highlights I, the other day and you had some freaking amazing highlights like not one right. trip, not two but like 20 well some well, of those but I would say trips. That's what I would say, like the whole year was like kind of unexpected, but good. Okay. It, it worked out how it was supposed to, but a lot of it was unexpected because it started with me working one job and within a, a couple of weeks found out that that was not going to be the case anymore. So a year of transition started pretty much immediately for me in January of this past year. So that's kind of why the whole year ended up being really unexpected for a lot of reasons. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, but I actually kept you. What was your word for 2023? Cultivate. So I had some intentional activity I was going to do there. I was like, instead of focusing on the things I want to create or do, I want to just cultivate on the thing that I can, or, I'm sorry, focus on the thing I can control, which is cultivating space for, uh, as Dr. Allison Cook would say, the um, in our life, when we create space, we can have then the fruit of a spacious soul. So kind of making room uh, with our parts as we go back to internal family systems conversations that we had uh, spring of 2022 and a lot of the work we did with IFS throughout that year. I went into 23 just knowing I need to continue this intentional work to create space in my own soul. 
uh, to distance myself from some of those parts that want to lead so often, those managers that have worked really hard in my life to get things done and, you know, to task and do and protect me. And so I really had a goal to cultivate space in my own heart for continued healing so that I could have fruit of a spacious soul so that the fruit of the spirit would be evident in my life. Um, I, I felt like God was calling me to cultivating space for others as well. As I stepped into my new role at Eden's glory, um, as I have turned from mom into more of mentor slash counselor to my grown children, uh, just, just cultivating space to hear and see others and to witness their pain and to maybe journey along them in their, in their healing. Uh, so I think, you know, I think that that it was a good focal point for me last year. I, I did have one major faux pas though. I was like, and in lieu of that, I will turn my deadly black thumb into a green thumb and actually grow something that is alive and living. So I bought a little tiny starter kit for herbs, N nothing fancy, just little tiny pots that were going to sit on my windowsill for herbs to use as I create a new recipes or something. I don't know, but you know what happens? You don't turn into a new person overnight just because you pick a word. <laughs> All four of my little herb garden plants died. Didn't even try the other four. Didn't oh, cook any gosh. new recipes. It's fine. But I did the cultivation of the inner work and the emotional spaces. So I think that's more important in the long run than some cilantro. I can go buy that for 98 cents at Aldi. <laughs> amazing so cultivate became really more of a metaphor not the literal application I think all of these are metaphors let's talk about weaving did you weave anything <laughs> <last year? laughs> you awesome. were you were diehard determined that it was a metaphor the year you picked dance so don't even give me that <laughs> <laughs> which dance turned out to be a little bit more literal than I anticipated um yeah weave was my word for 2023 and it was definitely more metaphorical um because I think like you, I was looking at all of the parts of myself that I had been identifying, I think over the course of 2022. So I walked into 2023 going, how can I weave all of these parts together? How can I present them in such a way um, that I can stand like as an integrated person uh, before the Lord is who I was created to be all of these parts woven together. Um, it turned out that we've kind of it wasn't just, I feel like that happened. I feel like there were a lot of parts of myself that I, that Jesus was able to weave back into me in a way that felt like their natural role, like what they should be doing as opposed to what they'd always been doing. But I think we've ended up meaning a lot of other stuff for me too, like weaving together my faith again, which had kind of been going through its own unbundling and unweaving and, um, what's the word deconstruction uh from different facets of political life and fundamentalism and just some things that I had grown up knowing and thinking that were fact going okay what is Jesus what is cultural you know and I think that Jesus showed up so presently this year to weave my faith back together into something that can stand the questions and stand through the doubts and stand through the untangling of all of the other things um what you look oh, like you're gonna say something yeah that's good yeah the other thing I think got woven together is just like you know I turned 40 I don't think that's a surprise to anybody and all those little manager parts of myself that were like okay we've been operating this way for 40 years and now you're giving us new roles but we know how to practice those new roles because we've been doing it the same way for 40 years we're like what do we do now 
And then my hormones, which are 40 years old, were like, just kidding. We don't work right anymore. We're going to fluctuate greatly and send you into lots of different movings and spirals and all this stuff. And so I actually ended up kind of being diagnosed with PMDD, which you are familiar with as well, and ended up um, on a little bit of a mental health journey this year that I wasn't anticipating. So kind of weaving together more serotonin into my brain um, and just how the mind, body, the spirit, the soul, it all has to work together and work integratedly. And it doesn't mean that if I need an assist either through a medicine or through a, a good cry or through exercise or through IFS or whatever the tools are that we have at our disposal, it doesn't make it less integrated and less important as we are weaving it all together. That's yeah, kind of I think I that's really, really important. And I also think a little part of your emotions were, because I've gone through this too, like as our managers could step back and trust us to tend to our more exiled parts, those tender parts of us, we had to let some of those longings live that we've kept quieted and hidden for a decade or two or three, right? And that, that can be overwhelming. Like those parts have big, big needs and desires and wants. And it is just easier sometimes when we're younger and don't have what we need at our disposal to deal with them well, to just shove them away, lock them up, quiet them up. And that is what, you know, as we're little kids, that's, I mean, that's the whole point of IFS. We, we've figured out how to live in life without the pain of those longings exposed. So then we get older and we start doing this work and it's like, okay, so I recognize that these managers that were protecting those tender wounded parts of me um, don't need to keep doing that because those parts I can reparent myself, but also those parts have to express their grief, have to express their woundedness, have to express their longings, and they can be really big and overwhelming. So I think that that also kind of plays into like just to normalize what this healing journey looks like. It's not like I have awareness and I'm going to do something about it and everything looks better tomorrow. Um, but it's worth the discomfort of those days, those months, those seasons of life, those years of life where we sit with that part that's needing so much, that's longing so much, that has all these unmet longings until it feels like it can trust us to hold it and to care for it. And until it can really meet Jesus in a new way. Um, We've spent a lot of time guarding it from everything else in life for sure we've guarded that part of our heart or those parts. I'm sure that the dozens of them, those parts of our heart, we've guarded away from Jesus too. When we build walls, when we erect those walls and put them in these little neat cages and box rooms, you know, of our heart. And so it just takes time. And I, I don't know, I just applaud you for sitting with it and giving space for it and also doing what you needed to do to get up and be functional each day without just shutting it off. Like you, you held a really beautiful balance of the tension of those two things. That was good. Thank you. I don't know how to respond to that in a non-awkward way. <laughs> no, you didn't make it awkward at all. That's fine. <laughs> well, the other more lighthearted thing about weaving is that because my job did transition so much, I really feel like God was able to bring a lot of my different kinds of passions together and weave them into something that kind of I don't know if it's like necessarily a new direction because I'm still kind of deciding what to do with it. Um, we've talked that I was accepted into a doctorate program. It's actually starting in like two weeks and I haven't even decided for sure if I'm going to do it yet. Um, but kind of knowing that all of my passions can be woven together into something that makes sense is kind of a cool, hopeful thing to think about. Yeah, I love that. 
that kind of leads into why I picked my word of the year, but I'm going to let you go first. Cause I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know where you landed. I think you told me, but then you said some other things. So what is your word for 2024? Yeah. So I was going back and forth between several words. Um, it's something that kind of felt like maybe paying attention more to those exiles um, is kind of where my brain was thinking I, I would be going, like if it was like listening or what, what you know, want or wish or desire, like kind of really paying attention to what was going on inside of me. And I thought I had landed on a word and then I was reading, couldn't even tell you what, maybe I was listening to a Taylor Swift song. That sounds more likely. Um, but all of a sudden the word break jumped out at me, like break, like B-R-E-A-K. And I was like, interesting. I wonder why, because I spent 2023 weaving things together. Why would I want to take 2024 and break them? Mm. And so it felt dissonant to me. Like it felt like an undoing. So, but it really was like, it captured me. And I also noticed a theme over all of my words of the year that have been like, they're all verbs, but they also can double as nouns and mm. break is another one of those, right? Like you can have a break in a bone or something like that. Um, so I, I like that it followed my my parallelism, my format there. But I, I really was like, I don't know what to do with this. And then um, I was thinking about the thing that you talk about a lot, um, Kintsuki, which is that Japanese art form. And Ted Lasso really did a great job in the, the final season displaying this. But it's the Japanese art form where after pottery breaks, it gets like kind of glued back together, but with gold inlaid. So it becomes more valuable, more beautiful, and even stronger. And so I really felt there was something there, like as parts of me have been woven back together there are parts of me that over 40 years have formed together but in a way that almost need to be broken to be reformed and made stronger and more valuable so I do think there's a breaking maybe it's a breaking of um the protectors still get behind some of the walls they've erected to get to some more of those exiles so it still kind of aligns with like knowing myself and figuring those parts out but then I just feel like there's so many applications to break. And I was reading, and I was like, I'm such a nerd. I like pick a word and then I go to the Bible and I'm like, where's every verse that talks about breaking? And the one that was like in the New Testament about how the disciples filled their nets, which are woven nets, right? Yeah, yeah. And then Jesus so abundantly filled them that the nets began to break. So the breaking was a symbol of abundance, of overflow. Mm -hmm. And so I really liked that imagery. I like the fact that break is part of breakthrough. And then of all things, today I'm reading Rachel Held Evans' Wholehearted Faith. And I get to this part. I, I'll tell you as soon as I get to this part. Um, Wait on bated breath. <laughs> yeah. So she's she's quoting um, Rabbi Ariel Berger. And he talks about the Hasidic teaching from Rebbe Nachman of Breslau. I don't know who these people are, but the quote as, is- As one does, yes. <laughs> as one does. The quote is, there's nothing as whole as a broken heart. In these traditions, you cultivate a broken heart, which is very different from depression or sadness. It's the kind of vulnerability, openness, and acute sensitivity to your own suffering and the suffering of others that becomes an opportunity for connection. Hmm. And oh, you actually said to me the lyric from that song, yeah, what song it was, but Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. And that's a, another way to like see that in action. 
Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's not a breaking as in an undoing of who I am, but a breaking to open my heart more to what God has. Yeah. I, I used to actually, that song, I think it's from Hosanna, but I used to sing that song a lot in my young adulthood in chapels and in youth ministry nights. And I actually hated that lyric, break my heart for what breaks yours, probably because I'm an Enneagram born. I felt like my heart was always kind of broken. And I was like, my heart's already broken all the time over my own stuff. Why do I need it to break for like other people? And I don't, I mean, the brokenness, the real brokenness, like, I, I don't know if I want to mess with people who are in such dire straits. I, I, I have to, I can't, I can't even clean up my own messes. How can I go and engage in the really desperate situations that other people are in? And so it really was a lyric that used to bother me because I knew that it wasn't a place I was ready to embrace, but now I'm kind of like, okay, break my heart for what breaks yours. Like, I want to see the marginalized. I want to see the ones left out of the cultural norms. I want to see the ones that don't have access and the privilege that we have. So all that to say, break. I love that. I love that it matches your parallelism too. That is one of the biggest regrets I have. If I could go back to 2015 and redo some things, I would find words that fit a parallel structure. Cause when I see them listed now, it's just like, Oh, I don't think I knew I was going to do this every year for so many years, or I would have charted a better course. That's great. Uh, Yes. I have no, mine definitely is not in line with any of mine. It's a Greek word. So it won't, match with parallelism anywhere I guess I had a Hebrew word once I, I used shalom one time but it was yes. because I saw it in kind of a non-religious way and like it wasn't just like peace it was I had heard a message that really opened it up for me and I was like "Ooh, that's good so I picked a Greek word this time and I was the same way as you I literally did not firmly decide on this until about two hours ago it was I had multiple words they were all kind of an extension of cultivate because I felt like I wasn't completely done with what that word meant for me. Um, but I didn't love the way any of them, I don't know. There was just things about each of them that I was like, I don't know if that's it. And then I was reading uh, an Advent devotional. It was actually by Louis Giglio. Wasn't even one that I chose. Shout out to Mackenzie Hahn, who's a faithful listener here and one of my colleagues at Eden's Glory. Um she filled in for me a day. I was out of town and did the Advent Devo I was doing with the ladies. And then I filled in for her one day and I did the Advent Devo she was doing. And it was by Louis Giglio called Waiting Here for You. And he says that God is with us even in the waiting. Uh, Of course, it's longer than that, but just the day I happened to be reading, that's what kind of jumped out to me. And he read the scripture from Ephesians 5, specifically in verse 16, um, with that word kind of unpacking the word in there that he translated redeeming the time and it's the word kairos and i have heard messages on this word um i think my mom preached one years and years ago because we kind of pulled from it like these divine appointments so if chronos is the greek word where we get like our time our chronology of time right like the the minutes that equal days that equal the seasons of life and all the millennia we, we are as humans bound by it we're bound by Kronos time. And I would say in my life, one of the biggest errors, er, um, I can't talk. One of the biggest areas of scarcity I often feel is the lack of time. And as an Enneagram one, I think that we've found that that makes sense for other ones as well, because we think that if we could get it perfect enough, it would make up for the lack we feel in, in our own flaws or imperfection. And the problem is there's never enough time to get it perfect more perfect and perfect enough. Right. And so we're always like racing the clock to get all the things done, to look good enough, to appear good enough, 
to be accepted as good enough. And so while I definitely feel that in like energy and money and stuff, it still always comes back to a real panic area with, with time for me. And I felt like there was just an opportunity, like maybe an invitation from the Lord to tap into what Kairos time looks like. And that's when eternal time and seasons like collide with our Kronos chronological time and season. And we recognize that this explosion of something divine happens in these moments. Uh, so that's why we we used to call them when I was growing up divine appointments. Like when you just meet someone you weren't supposed to meet or your day was interrupted by an encounter that you know wasn't supposed, it wasn't part of your plan, but you know that God was in it, whether it was to meet that person or to encounter that situation or whatever. And so I've grown up knowing that those divine appointments are there for me. And, and I see them more, the more often I have eyes to see them. But I also started seeing something this year as I was cultivating time to be in his presence more. I started doing some spiritual direction this summer, which is just like an hour every couple of weeks where I sit with a, a spiritual director. I've called her out before, Wendy, but um, in some of those spaces where I really cultivated space in my soul for the Lord to encounter me, what always ends up happening is I get a different, more eternal perspective than I had going into that moment. It's like when, I don't know, we sing so many songs like this, where when Jesus is in the room, things shift, things change mm -hmm. because he brings the eternal into the temporal. I mean, that is the whole point of his coming to the earth, the Emmanuel God with us. It's that God was in the flesh and he was with us. He was among us. And not to say that there aren't these really big, like episodic shifts. I don't know if that's the right word, like in this Kronos time, like when Jesus came at the fullness of time to be born as a baby, like we had thousands of years of prophecies leading to that moment. That was like the ultimate Kairos moment in history. And of course, there's been times when the Lord has said, now is the time I want to release this eternal truth into the earth or release this eternal aspect of who I am into the earth. But in our, in our own lives, we have so many seasons that God divinely encounters us and releases a new truth or a new key for freedom or whatever. And so I found that as I made space to cultivate that space, to sit with Jesus and just to be invited into what the divine is, who, who God is, the Trinity is the, the limitless resources of the heavenly realm that are I can access and bring into this limited earthly realm. I, I just was like, really felt like the divine appointment for me was an invitation this year into what eternal time has to deposit into the space. So as kind of a, sorry, I'm saying a lot of words to give the, the Greek, is this like epistemology? No, epistemology no. is who he is, but it's great. You're like, let me teach and preach to you why this word is so valuable and important. <laughs> Well, so what I found, like, just like what you're saying, I started looking where it was used and so many times the, the word was in the fullness of time. Mm. It, it was when the seed had come to full harvest and it was, it was recognizing that the seed had borne mature fruit. And so I thought it was interesting that last year I was cultivating where there was space for seeds to grow and space for people to be seen and matured and healed and grown up more into the stature of who Jesus was. And personally in my life, like I'm in a season where the seeds I planted for ministry in my early twenties, even some of my teens are, are finally in me fully mature enough to give in a different way. And I know mm -hmm. that it's like in Esther, when it says you were made for such a time as this, I think that's another space of like, he had, he had cultivated someone who could stand in that space. And I feel like God has created in me a fully mature enough 
plant from the seeds that I tended to, that he tended to really. So that now in this season of ministry, I'm giving out of the abundance of that harvest. Um, and also just in parenting, like my children are maturing into adults and I'm seeing the fruit of their lives as these little seedlings that I watered and weeded out the soil and, you know, tended to and all of that. Now I'm like witnessing that. Um, there, I'm still cultivating spaces in my heart and, you know, for, for more healing, uh, more of those quiet moments with the Lord, where I just have access to see through those eyes of Kairos time instead of the limitations of the Kronos time that I'm bound to. And it, it gives me hope. So I feel like the cultivation of that gives me like the fruit of the spirit, like peace, love, and joy, but it also stirs this new seed of hope that I have more seeds to plant. And there's an understanding because I've seen how faithful he is that there's a hope that any seed that is now planted will also in time, in the fullness of time, whether that looks like a week or 10 years or after I'm gone, will have a, have a legacy of full fruit and eternal realities being released into the earth. And so, um, totally crying here, but you know, there's an area in our family life right now where we're waiting on the Lord in a very specific area to show what the fullness of time in this situation is going to look like. And I have so much hope as I can see that in the fullness of time, his justice will come. His redemption will come. It's it's just, it's like this redeeming of time. That's actually how Louis Giglio takes that Ephesians 5, 16 verse, and he translates it as the redeeming of the time. So I know just, That's you know, it's going to happen in my life continually, the more I tend to that and cultivate spaces for it. I think that's such a powerful phrase of the redeeming time, because I know that it's been spoken over you, um, that the verse from Joel, that God will restore the years, the locusts have eaten. Yeah. And I've heard that prophesied over friends and I've had it spoken over my life in different areas. And so it's really easy to go, okay, but when there's 40 years, 10 years, three months, whatever that time is that was stolen from us, that was ravaged by the locusts. For God to restore it in our brains, it's like, so it's going to take the equal amount of time because we have to recultivate the land. We have to replant. We have to wait for it to grow. And sometimes, yes, like you're saying, there's a fullness of that. And sometimes the Kairos can intervene into the Kronos where it might've taken 15 years for the land to get destroyed, but maybe it takes an instant for it to get replenished. And there's a different hope in that because it's like you said, the redeeming of time. And I think that that's a really, really cool way to look at that. And I think the redeeming of time is also that it doesn't always replace because nothing looks like in the full form what it looks like in seed form. So we mm -hmm. want to say replace the seed. And he's like, what if I grow up the full fruit? Because really mm -hmm. an apple is better for us than this apple seed, but the apple seed is required to go into the ground. And so I actually had said of that, that like there's a redeeming of the time that takes it out of the chronology of my life and places it into a redemptive story. And that's where the broken and the traumatic and the mundane, right? Just all of the stuff of life. He repurposes it for a story that does fill the earth with his glory and with the fruit of the spirit. And then it also fills me with all of that same thing. And so I think that there is something about Kairos time that releases a reality we don't understand because we're bound by this earthly reality. And when that happens, it's why redemption story is always greater 
than the original story. And it's what we started, Dauntless Grace, the message was about how he takes our broken stories and redeems them to give us a new story. And the new story is always better. It's always greater. He doesn't just come back and filling the missing piece for what was stolen, right? He comes back and says, if that seed was stolen, I'm going to give you not just the seed back, but I'm going to give you the full harvest back. And in the due time, it comes up. So um, yeah, that's my word. Greek word, Kairos. <laughs> right. Well, Kairos wins the prize for a much more holier explanation than break. Um, not at all. <laughs> no way. You're like, let me teach you the Greek um, etymology and go into... Thank you. Etymology. <laughs> I said epistemology. I'm like, that is absolutely not the study of words. That well, is... at least you didn't say entomology. Definitely not. I'm pretty sure that's the study of insects. <laughs> There's a lot of ologies out there, but it was not epistemology. I believe that that is the way I think about the way I think, like what I, what my paradigm or worldview is. Could be wrong, but interesting. Okay. Well, I don't know how to wrap this up, except that it's January 1st a Monday and it's a new year, which means everything can change, right? When the Monday starts the new month and the new year, I'm pretty sure that is a Kairos moment in and of itself. And I would like to ask that people tell us what their words are. We get a lot yes. of people that do that each year and it's so fun. So if you want to share that with us, you can send us an audio message, a voicemail, and we'll drop that number. We would love yeah. to have you do that. I don't think it's a number. I think if you go to our Spotify, um, like if you go to our podcast on the Spotify page, which I can link in the show notes, then you yeah. can leave an audio message right there. And if you don't want to talk, you can drop us a note in the comments of the social media uh, link for this, whatever you want, but definitely give us your words of the year. I've had quite a few people over the years say, you know what I do every year now because you guys, so um, share it. We'd love to hear it. Happy 2024, everybody. And that wraps up another episode of the Dauntless Grace Exchange. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave a review so other people can find us. You can follow us on social media to stay connected. We're on Instagram at Dauntless Grace Ministries and our Facebook page is Dauntless Grace. For more about the Enneagram, visit our website at dauntlessgrace.org for coaching and training opportunities. And you can follow me at Enneagram Megan on Instagram. And be sure to check out our website for more information about today's podcast. Plus, you can click the resources tab to find books by all the authors we've spoken to or about. And you can find it at dauntlessgrace.org.